Hello you guys, it is me, Troy McEady. I just wanted to pop in before this week's episode to let you know that this is going to be a two-part episode. Um, so in the first part, um, I mean, well, in both parts, <laughs> I'm joined by my friend Zach, who you all know very well at this point, and we are having an intensely deep discussion about The View, one of my favorite shows of all time, my favorite girl group, famously. And uh, we, of course, talked for so long. The show has been on for a million years. Zach and I are both very passionate about The View. And this conversation went on for two hours. So I decided to split it up. Um, you're going to get the second half next week. And yeah, I just wanted to pop in and say hi and that I love you. And this is a really great conversation. So enjoy me and Zach. Okay, bye. Welcome to Dunzo. This is a podcast that explores hookups and breakups of famous lovers and friends, both real and fake, and all the discarded pop culture of yesteryear. I'm your host, Troy McEady. You guys, welcome back to whatever episode this is of Dunzo. It is me, Troy McEady. And I have family here today. I feel like I can let my hair down, my top buttons unbuttoned. Like I feel very swaddled, comfortable, and safe. Zach is back. Hello, yeah. Zachary. Hello. I feel very comfortable as well. My titties are out. <laughs> I have little diamond emojis over each nipple. You know, I am ready, but I'm little, you know, I'm covered, but I'm ready. Zach has the tiniest emojis ever on his private parts. They're yeah, just I the wish tiniest. you guys could see him. I wish you guys could see him. You know, I just show up like this to different recordings. He's actually right now rolling around on the beach naked. Right? Yeah. He's just... yeah. So there's some guy looking at me. I'm not sure who he is, but who did who who do you think that was? Was that her bodyguard? I don't know. He was extremely okay. creepy. He was extremely creepy. Oh my god, your mm-hmm. cup. Oh yeah. I got I got I haven't seen my... it in person. Yeah, because we're covering the view today. Um, yeah, speaking yeah, of Troy got me, Troy got me a mug that says the view. He got me an Alistair one. So yeah, I use that. The view season one mugs, just so we're all clear. Mm-hmm. It's um, be season one. Speaking of, we're doing something really fun today, something I've always wanted to do in some form. And I can't believe that I'm finally doing it. Zach and I had a discussion in Chicago, a drunk discussion, because Zach (laughs) Zach came to the Beyond the Blind show for Chicago, and we started talking, well, actually, Alistair as well, we all started talking about The View, and, like, I didn't know that you guys were big View heads. He is not. So, Alistair is not huge on pop culture like we are, Um, Mm -hmm. And when he deployed, I forced him to read this fucking book with me because it had just come out. And so I forced him to read <laughs> Ladies Who Punch and he read it and he got really into it. So I think when he was talking to you, um, he didn't know any other pop culture to talk about. And so he started oh. talking about the only thing he knew. He's like, do you know, uh, have you ever heard of the the Barbara Walters? Have you ever heard of a Barbara Walters? As I'm like, have a, I have like an interrogation light on him. I'm like, Whoopi Goldberg. Like, what, do you, what do you know about Whoopi Goldberg? Tell me everything. <laughs> I'm like Rosie loved that show more than anybody second to Barb I was like losing my shit but oh my we are talking about the view today and I mean we both are under the assumption that this will probably be two parts because we both are very passionate about our love of this show mm-hmm. I always tell people it's my favorite girl group yeah I used to, as a kid, I would gather my friends and make a little panel trying to be the view. <laughs> this was, this was, I was very, this was very much it. Zach said, um, <laughs> I had this idea for a show. <laughs> you didn't open it like that. You, had, you should have opened it like that. I forgot. <laughs> so um, counting, yeah, well, that's two ideas I've had. I like your Barbara. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Um, wait, so tell me how you got into this show. I mean, I know we were obviously both like literal yeah. children, but um, um, I, it must have been, I don't remember which panel it was that I started watching on, but it was, I, I was into any sort of daytime TV that my mom was into because that's anything she would watch and have on the TV. I was a little fag baby who right. fell in love with all of it. So Oprah, I loved The View. I loved General Hospital. 
you know, all of it. Did you watch the fire? Did you like the fire like series in General Hospital when like the hotel went up in flames? Oh my gosh, oh. I was obsessed, obsessed. But I would always miss like the first 20 minutes of it because I'd have to be shuttled home from school because I had to go to school. I can't just watch General Hospital. <laughs> that whole uh, thing. <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah, the view was one of those when I'd stay home. Um I'd start off my day watching Charmed or Angel on TNT, switch over to the view, then switch over to little HGTV and wait for everybody to come home. So <laughs> you're like yeah. a little trading spaces, a little the view. <laughs> well, everything, every little bit of daytime TV. What about you? <laughs> um, exact same. Honestly, mm-hmm. I was raised by TV as a kid. Yeah. Um, having a single mom and yeah, I loved daytime television. I love soap operas, soap operas. Um, these like like the view like the morning talk shows and like cooking shows were in our mm. family a lot yeah. specifically like the pbs cooking shows like the local <laughs> shows. uh but um yeah i loved i loved the view and i want to say my the earliest panel i remember was lisa ling mm-hmm. it might have been that one for me too because what was that that was around 2000 it must have been 2001 2002 2003 ish yeah. Yeah, like Lisa to me, when I think about like the pop star era of The View, like in mm-hmm. sync and like 98 Degrees and Britney and like all of those people, that was like the era of them all going on. And I just remember like Lisa Ling was the youngest. So they always would like pass questions off, make her ask questions. And she didn't give a fuck about these people. Yeah. Yeah. She did. She, she, I think even in the book, they, they state that she like, was using it as her stepping stone when they called her in to fire her she was like i'm okay i'm ready I, yeah. I'm, I'm ready to move on to oprah's our america <laughs> totally she's <laughs> like, like i've literally like, been in afghanistan i don't yeah care. i'm not worried about this yeah i think maybe that was because i do remember lisa league i remember watching her but i think it's like when the transition phase between Lisa Ling and Elizabeth Hasselbeck came on. I think that's mm-hmm. when I really started paying attention. And then when Rosie came on, I was like obsessed. I used to make yeah. sure I could watch it as anywhere I could. Cause you couldn't really like search clips on YouTube all that much. You know, there weren't that mm-hmm. many clips there. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a good show. It it's is. Okay. It's, it's such it's lasted a-, a couple seasons. <laughs> yeah. It's proven itself or whatever. Um, <laughs> you know, I just think, when you look back at like especially if you guys listening haven't read ladies who punch i Ugh. highly i mean yeah zach and i just finished it again i've already read it zach's already read it it is so good it's like you'll easily finish it in like a couple days because it's you can't stop did you read it or did you listen to it oh i listened mm-hmm. yeah so the narrator it's the guy who wrote the book right he narrated mm-hmm. it okay so he, he did a, a really good job too yeah and this book i have to say was even better than the second time that i listened through it than the first time like it just got so much better you know and i i i oftentimes listen to books and sometimes will zone out at certain points i didn't zone out like at all throughout this entire book it is it is great gossip yeah, if I ever did find myself zoning out, I was like, I rewound a lot. Yeah. I found myself going back and being like, wait, I missed like a sentence. Like it's it's really <laughs> engulfing. Did you um, um has your mom read it? I don't think she has. I told her to read it, but I don't think she has. Yeah. Whenever the view was on, did you have conversations with your mom about like what the topics were and, sh- and stuff like that? Or did was it like separate stuff? Because I don't think I ever had conversations with my mom about anything we watched together. I think we just like, I don't know, if there was a sex scene on General Hospital, we just, like, didn't mention it, you know? <laughs> or if, like, they were talking about anything on The View, we just didn't talk about it. Right. Um, I don't remember us talking about the topics, but I definitely remember. So one of the interesting things that they talk about, well, that he talks about in the book, is that The View could be considered the first reality show. Ooh, and that it, yeah, it was, like, yeah. sort of run like a reality show, like, before we had that concept. And we, I remember in my family, we would talk about like the girls, mm. like we would make fun of Star a lot because we just thought Star was like absurd. Uh, yeah. And, you know, we loved making fun of Barbara. Like Barbara's always been a big inside <laughs> joke in my family. Um, so yeah, we would talk about like the sort of like surface level catty shit that you, you know, it's the nineties, you know what I mean? Yeah. I love that. <laughs> I love that. You know, where do we start? Barbara? Yeah. And my notes say Barbara begins. <laughs> Yeah, let's start with, let's start with Barbara. Uh, Barbara Walters is 
is a shining figure in our in our news society or mm-hmm. news culture. You know, she really did have to climb up up through the ranks through men and all of that. You know, she and she had a lot of advantages, right? Like she was white, she was blonde, she was, you know, she was very ambitious. Also, mm-hmm. like she was ready to put other things to the side in order to advance her own career. Uh, and I think a lot of people took note of that, and she was very likable. Um, but Barbara Walters is pretty problematic in and of herself. You know, she she's. She sidelined a lot of careers to get where she is, too, she also, did. you know. Yeah, whenever I think about Barbara, I feel the same way. Like, I just have some – I talk about her a lot on this podcast yeah. that I can't believe we don't have a Barbara Walters-type figure anymore. I mean, we have Oprah, but that's, like, kind of it. There's no, yeah. like – you know, it's 8 p.m., and it's Wednesday, and you're turning on 2020 to watch Barbara. Like, it's just, you know – with her, um, with her, the, the the filter that smooths her skin to the gods, you know. Oh it, my it, it god! It is the brightest filter you'll ever see. But she made <laughs> sure that shit was on her throughout the entire fucking interview. You know, she was seventy five, going on twelve years old. Uh. Honestly, <laughs> um, but I I do have a love hate relationship with Barbara because I just think not only did she, not only was Barbara like ruthless and very cutthroat while she was still working, but like. It's like she had this incredible idea. She made this amazing show. She was a trailblazer, but she was also so like stuck in like an, a specific time. Oh, and, yes. You know, like her way of viewing like celebrity and stuff was just so problematic at a certain yeah. point. Even like 10 years before we were like woke as a society, she was still at that point saying shit that I was just like, whoa, like Barbara is a mess. Yeah. She, I don't, I think, I think she probably still is. I mean, she's, she's dealing with a lot of like, you know, aging illnesses, right? Like, I I don't remember if it's Alzheimer's or dementia, but she has one of them. But even up until she quit the view or she left the view, uh, she, like, she still had a really dated mindset as far as like interview topics. And as far as, you know, the way you see celebrity and don't show emotion. And uh, she always wanted everybody to, this is one of the, like the funniest parts that I think, I've taken from the book is that she always wanted everybody to be so personal and give their personal lives. But if they did too much, then she kind of recoiled because mm-hmm. she wasn't raised, you know, to give up that much personal information. And then if they asked any personal information from her, then she like, it was, it was a no-go, you know, you, you right. didn't ask that of Barbara Walters. Um, so I think she, I don't know. I just like, I have a love hate relationship with Barbara because I do really like her interview style. I like watching her give an interview. And then when I listen to the questions and the things that she says, it's sometimes really hard to listen to, right? Um, yeah. She seems so homely and so, and so like comforting and, and warm while she's giving an interview, but then you listen to her and it's not, it's not correlating yeah, there's a moment in the book where she, um, I don't remember the exact scenario, you may know what I'm talking about, but it's like she is pretending to be really sweet and then yeah. the person she's talking to realizes like, oh my God, I'm being Barbara Walters right now. She's like luring me in and coming off as really down to earth and whatever. And then she's like whispering in my ear some crazy manipulative shit. You know what I mean? Uh, That's so yeah. Barbara. Um, but I do think, like one of the things I'm the most grateful for when it comes to her is that she was the first interviewer, the news person to really pull back the curtain on like. Yes. Yes. She gets all of her flowers. I don't, I, I, I hold none of her flowers back from her. She could go, she can go into the sunlight really proud of her career because she really did pull that back that curtain. And she asked those blunt questions that like nobody else would have dared to ask this Mm -hmm. woman back in the 50s 60s 70s you know wherever whenever she was interviewing is is, is she's going and interviewing castro you know fidel castro yeah. and and like crazy i was watching some of her highlight reels back do you remember do you remember when back in 2016 when she when she retired or 2015 one of those years um and they did like 50 million uh, goodbye specials for barbara but they did one where they like did a highlight reel basically for an hour long of all of her interviews and she was so good. Like I had never actually watched her Monica Lewinsky interview. I just like mm. seen bits and pieces and heard about it. And like, I knew it, it was in my pop culture, like, you know, lexicon, but sure. I'd never watched it. And I watched it and she is like a pro. She is really good. Yeah. She's incredible. She's incredible. Yeah. And she, 
you know, the cool thing about her being, I guess we can kind of get into her creating the view and stuff and like her yeah. as a, an, a, 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 a person who was such a big part of the show. The cool thing about her being a part of it was that she gave it this like, I don't know, like this, it had like a different air around it because Barbara had such an A-list Rolodex. Yes. So it's like, this is a show that nobody has faith in when it premieres and they all kind of think we'll get canceled. And it's like this really weird concept and it's being run like this weird, like reality show, like, <laughs> so like, you know, like. Like women back. around the table talking about the news. Women don't have an opinions about the news. What are you talking about? <laughs> Barbara Walters, the A-list Barbara Walters, what? Right, it, it was like, it was like a so big deal that she was people. doing it too, right? Like that's why they didn't even want her on. So when she was on it, she was never technically like a full-time cast member because they didn't right. want her A-list status being brought down to this TV level, you know? Right. Let's talk about the first. So should we do this in like little chunks? Let's do it in little chunks. Where, where are you going next? Um, I want to talk about the first, like, I guess, I don't know, the first, like, five years of The Table. Okay. Like, that first portion of The View as a TV show. Do you want to start with the first episode? Because I watched it back, and you I did. freaking loved it. It was Tell great. me everything. There is a, there's a one shining moment in this very first episode. It's Meredith Vieira, Star Jones um, to the, to the uh, left of her. Then... Debbie Matnopoulos. Am I saying her name right? I feel I, I grew up with her. Debbie Matnopoulos. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yes. yes. Uh, and then Barbara Walters at the end, the other end of the table. Um, Joy Behar was not there yet. She was she was hired, but she just wasn't available yet for this first episode. And there's one shining moment during that first episode where they ask, uh, I guess this is around the, the Bill Clinton thing with, with Monica Lewinsky. And they ask, should Bill Clinton's affair affect how we see him as a leader? And everybody went through the table and it was, it was just really good. All of the differing opinions. And that is the moment that I saw, I was like, I get it. I get why this show was like going to be a hit. It was destined to be a hit. You know, you have star Jones saying it shouldn't affect how we see him as a leader. You know what he's doing on his own time. That's not, that's between him, Monica and his wife. I don't want to know about that. I want to know what he's doing about taxes and and, and such like that. And then you have Meredith Vieira like, Nope, I don't, I don't agree. I don't, I don't like that. You know, this is happening. And then you have Debbie agreeing with star. It was just a magical moment. It's on YouTube. The first episode is on YouTube. So I would highly suggest everybody going and watching it. Um, because it was really good and I totally got the dynamic that they were going for. Yeah. And they, I, one of the things that makes me really, really happy about the book is that he stresses that pretty much every news show um, on TV right now is, is in some way has had, has in some way pulled from the view. Yeah. Whether it's being at a, a table full of people or the way that they do hot topics or whatever, like, every successful news show to come after the view has taken at least some bit of it yeah and it just is it's a show that will never get the praise that it deserves ever i don't think for being so fucking prolific in all of the the firsts I think if it ends, I think it will, but it's going to be one of those things where we have to be removed from it to really appreciate what it was Um, because we're kind of in the thick of it now. And it's kind of, people are looking at it as like an aging celebrity. Like, why are you here? Why are you still doing this? Why are you, you know, and it's when we're removed from that, that we can actually appreciate it. Um, And like, it starts out so cheesy too. It's like so cheesy. And they have like a newspaper, they're going real literal with like the breakfast table women talk, you know, they have a newspaper and they're like, yeah, yeah, topics from the newspaper. And (laughs) they they have like, I do remember that there's like mums, there's like mums plants all around their feet. Like that was like a really good thing. (laughs) The table, like all their feet were hidden by big house plants. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I would I would consider. Tell me if you think I'm wrong. I would consider okay. the first cluster to be Meredith, Star, Debbie, Joy, Barbara, and Lisa. I would because that's the first five years. Yeah, was Lisa? Lisa wasn't on with Debbie though. They weren't on at the same time, right? I think Debbie got no, fired yeah. after season two. Um, right. Okay, so I'm not super familiar with this original panel, right? Okay, um, and I'm like a little bit familiar i'm like familiar with like lisa ling's way out and her transition to elizabeth hasselbeck um but going back and watching all of these interviews it's just such a 
a, a lighter dynamic. It's it's a lot lighter, especially yeah. in the first couple seasons. Um, it does get a little bit uncomfortable during times because what we had Meredith as as the moderator, we had Star Jones as this like high powered attorney coming in and doing you know, uh, giving her smart woman opinions. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you have Barbara as like the legacy A lister who's bringing this sort of uh, star power to it, and you have Joy who was the comedian, and then you have Debbie. And so I want to talk about Debbie for a second because Debbie, Let's get into Debbie we grew up with Debbie on like what like entertainment news right like she really started catapulted from here into entertainment news but debbie came fresh from college and i didn't realize she was this young i was so shocked to hear that she was 22 years old when she started the view like what i'm 27 now i couldn't imagine being on that panel (laughs) you know um that blew (laughs) my mind it made me feel the book really does i think give debbie a beautiful like moment Mm -hmm. Because it really made me sympathize with her a lot. And I really understood her perspective and like, you know, just the way that she was fucking ripped apart and tormented yes. by the country. I mean, she was literally, I I was young, but I remember Debbie being a laughing stock. Like, I just remember that being like a common, like, you know, like sort of joke that yeah. she was just dumb and that everybody would call her stupid because she was she was young and fresh out of college and on this on this show where they're giving opinions about politics and celebrities and all that because also going back to barbara just for a moment is sure. one of the one of the things that barbara really was good with was mixing politics and celebrity i remember in her interviews and in, in that special about her interviews is they said they mentioned that you didn't mix those two those were not two topics that you ever mixed you did one right. or the other you didn't do both and the view was both right and so you bring yeah. debbie into this and she's the, supposed to be the young voice she's supposed to be giving the commentary on all of the pop culture stuff right but then she's also having to give political opinions and and whatever they're asking of her right so you can't just expect that she's going to be the the brightest bulb you know among among the group um and i think the way she was ripped apart was very unfair um barbara often uh would like belittle her on like in front of everybody and like silence her or like you know, yeah. hush her. And if she was like talking <laughs> and giving opinions and it became such like a laughing stock that it was like a Saturday Night Live sketch, right? That Barbara would be like, shut up, Debbie, shut up. You know? I can like physically in my mind right now, I can see Barbara p- putting her hand out to tell her to stop and You know, it's because it was on tape. It is on tape, right? Yeah. It's there. Yeah, that was really a lot. I mean, I was, yeah, I was thinking about myself, like, at 22, going on this show to talk about, like, the president, like, about policies and stuff. Like, it's just, they really set her up for failure. I guess they just didn't know how to use her. I think that if she had come on the show years later, she would have been an incredible asset because she was actually really funny and quick. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a moment in the book where they talk about, like, one of her high points where I guess like the reason she got hired um, officially, maybe, it, correct me when I'm, if I'm wrong, I feel like I'm fucking this up, but she had said that thing about Madonna. Okay, yeah. That they were like, who, it was like something like a, a question that would lead to like a profound answer, like Gandhi. And yeah. her answer was Madonna. And that yeah. was the moment that they were like, oh, she's like kind of like iconic. Yeah, but it's like I wish they would have seen her as as that, right? I wish they yeah. would have like accepted that and and used her in that way because obviously when you're 22, you're not gonna like eloquently put all of your your the way you feel, and obviously like when you're 22, you're fucking stupid. I think about my 22 year old yeah. self, and I'm fucking dumb. And and she's back then, you know, they're asking her questions about like say this Bill Clinton one. She's never been married. She's talking about this 40 something year old dude who's like been in a relationship for however long, and like how that goes with like a relationship and they're asking her about a long-term relationship and she's like well if i had a husband this this and this and she sounds dumb saying it because like it's life experience that she doesn't have and what they should have done is just given her let her really shine on the topics where her life experience is is utilized and useful right um but i don't think they did that often they expected her to like know the entire sphere yeah i agree with that they really just kind of fed her to the sharks and then would watch her drown and then blame her for drowning like it was really and so when she's giving an answer about madonna that's how she's relating it to this topic you're asking her about but then she you know you're you would look down on her for for bringing up somebody who's more relevant to her own age at the moment can we talk about meredith 
Yeah. I don't know much about Meredith outside of the view. I have to be honest. Okay. Okay. Well, I mean, honestly, I think most people would say that unless they like watched. The... <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't shame. outside of the view and outside of Mel Hour, but you know, it's like... <laughs> I mean, that's... don't know much about her. You know what I mean? Like they, they yeah. say in the book, everybody that it's like the mob. If you're on the view, it's what you're known for. Yeah. Even yeah. Barbara. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was obsessed with Meredith Vieira. Really? Like, oh, I was in like, I think I had a straight crush. I'm not even okay. kidding. I just thought she was so smart, so funny. To this day, I think she's the best moderator that they've ever had. Do you think? Hands down. Mm-hmm. I was, I just think she was incredible because the thing about Meredith that was so cool was that she was, she had the air of like a, a serious journalist. So she had like a, a Barbara quality about her. So she could like handle really serious things so well, but she was fucking funny and had yeah. a really dry cutting quick sense of humor. She yeah. like didn't take herself seriously. She really like told the line, I think perfect to be the uh, moderator. I think that's one of my favorite qualities about her is that her humor is really good. It's it's really mm-hmm. quick, right? She's really good at that. And, and it's interesting that they would parallel her on the table with Barbara sitting across from Barbara because across all of, all of the panels, I would say that she was the most like Barbara um, mm-hmm. and still very different, you know, and she was, she was gorgeous. She was gorgeous sitting on that panel. Yeah. And she was like early shit. Uh, what she was early thirties when she started this ride. I mm-hmm. think they remarked that she'd been married to her husband 10 years um, when on the first episode and so she's like early 30s you know she had that really good mindset where she's lived a little bit of life she knows how to um expound upon that and then she has a lot more life to live she was in a really sweet spot uh, yeah and she was just fucking good at like her her journalism she was really good at hosting and so it's no wonder she went on to have the career that she does have you know yeah what is she doing now is she still where is she at yeah let's look that up because Mm-hmm. Let's like support Meredith today, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> and she did. I I had no idea that she did. Who wants to be a millionaire? Yeah, yeah. Yes. So she did. Who wants to be a millionaire? Because she wanted more money, right? She wanted more money yeah. at some point for the view, and they said, "Okay, well, we'll give you a second job, and you can make double your salary, right?" And so she got yeah. how to, uh, who wants to be a millionaire? They just pass around these people at the AZBC offices. They just give them all the jobs, don't they? I know. And it's all, it's so funny when you read books like this and you'll hear them talk about like how like Kelly Ripa used to smoke cigarettes at, in the back <laughs> of their studio, like just little things like that. So um, good. But yeah, so she, great. she's the host of 25 words or less right now. I have no idea what the fuck that is. It's a game show. Um, but then she did, she did, everybody remembers her from the Today Show from 2006, 2011. That's where I remember Meredith Vieira. Yeah. And she's great on that too. Like she's just yeah. such a good um, TV personality. Yeah, um, absolutely. Should we do Star? Uh, okay, I have a lot to say about Star. Okay. I am obsessed with Star. Star Jones <laughs> is fucking iconic. She's the most <laughs> iconic one in this whole bunch. Okay, like I fucking love her. I remember her. My earliest <laughs> memories of her were from the Payless commercials, right? So like that's oh, how yeah. I knew Star Jones. But I didn't realize that she was like this high-powered attorney. She basically already acted when she came on to The View. She was already acting like she'd been hosting The View or like some high-profile entertainment show for 25 years. She called right. her apartment the penthouse even though it wasn't on the top floor. When you go into her apartment uh, and her apartment was not bigger than anybody else's apartment in her building, but she called it the penthouse house um <laughs> when you go into her apartment she has these the biggest portrait of herself and then she has like three tv screens in her room and they, i think the book says that she thought she was like brian williams or something that she was you know watching all of this content um for her for her job <laughs> like I just, yeah i love i love people who act like they've already made it before i mean she's already she's already made it but i'm talking about preview you know yeah preview and she's already acting like she's big star of the view and i fucking love people like that because that's how you get somewhere is you fake it till you make it well in a lot of ways star was ahead of her time yeah like in so many ways because star to me just operated like a reality tv star do you know what i mean like she just she did. acted like a real housewife like she a lot of the stuff that we thought was so crazy about star jones back in the day is actually looking back and and i think that that was really like I mean, obviously, we're going to talk about the wedding. Mm. 
But I think like a lot of her section of the book was this look back at like how big of a deal we made Star. Yeah. Or how controversial she was as a, as a public figure. And now a lot of the stuff that she was doing, everybody does. So weird too, right? Like she really, if you, if we do want to think of The View as a reality TV show and she's the reality star of this TV show, she did exactly what reality stars do is you take your little bit of fame that you have, your little bit of notoriety that you have in front of everybody. And again, high profile attorney, she already had that, but I'm talking about The View. Um, And she took that and she used it as a launching pad to get into all these other businesses. She turned Star Jones into an enterprise, you know? She got the Payless deal, she got... All of these, all the she was she was everywhere. She just was everywhere. Um, when she got married, that was such a big deal that they had to make endless coverage about her, her oh my wedding details on the View. You know, and I went back and I watched as much as I could find of it, and it is. I fully understand how Barbara Walters was jealous right here, right? It's because Meredith Vieira was getting that same sort of star power. Um, just in a quieter way enough like quiet enough for for barbara walters to accept that and be like okay star jones was a celebrity and barbara walters did not like that do you think um so like my take on stars like moment or whatever during of, of that show was that i feel like star ruined her career when she wouldn't be honest about the weight loss um like i kind of think she wasn't able to because if you think about how star was perceived at the beginning yeah like so in this first version of the view this first kind of cluster that we're in with the the original girls she was literally like the rock of the show like she was the she was the entry level person on the show like the person that if you had never seen it it's likely you would relate to star yeah like but star was listed as this like non-threatening the non-threatening one right she could she was the rock but she was the non-threatening rock who was sitting next to everybody and like just um the book very specifically like remarks on that that she was non-threatening and when she went and had that surgery and started losing all the weight that all of a sudden she was competition for everybody else and just don't see that like i understand that like so i guess her weight was the way that they could keep her in her place right like she was still mm-hmm. getting she was still becoming a celebrity but they could keep her in her place because she was the big girl at the table is what they said um, yeah and then when she started not to be the big girl they can they can that's something to tear her down for right because then she's coming for their spaces um and it's insane because uh, i can't say specifically if her not being honest about that surgery hurt her career because I just mm-hmm. I wasn't living through it consciously enough. I was very focused on Britney Spears, <laughs> but I was you not were? focused on Star Jones at that time. I just was not. <laughs> um, but like I look back on it, especially through the lens of somebody in 2022 and and. She didn't fucking owe that to anybody. She didn't owe it to totally. anybody. She wanted, she, her big insecurity was that she didn't, none of her diets had ever worked. She tried to lose this weight, you know, without surgery. It just didn't work. And then when she had the surgery, she was not sure if it was even going to work. So why get on a national platform, tell everybody you had the surgery. And then if it doesn't work, then what? You're going to be right. the laughing stock anyway, you know? So she was damned if she did, damned if she didn't. And I think um, a big thing was, going back to like how Barbara like wasn't always super personal with her own life. Mm-hmm. They all, all of the co-hosts really wanted star to be open about that surgery. They really wanted her to be. Um, and she was confused. She was like, well, Barbara has been having plastic surgery at the fucking wazoo. Why doesn't she talk about right. that? And it's like, obviously everybody had their little bit that they didn't want to share with the world. And I don't think star had to share that with the world. And she eventually did. She eventually did. Yeah. So it's like, what was the reason, I guess, for tearing her down right. because she wasn't being honest about it? Because I bet if she had been honest about that surgery, she still would have been torn down, probably even worse, you know? Well, I think if you think about the time period, and I think that they say in the book that at the time, the only person <clears throat> like publicly that people knew had had gastric bypass was like Al Roker. Mm-hmm. And I don't fucking remember that either. So <laughs> I don't think, I don't know. Well, Al had the surgery and everybody like, and like, you know, later like Randy Jackson. I mean, there was like a small number of people that like would talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but they say like, you know, Al was like a man. So of course he could go on TV and be like, hey, I had weight loss surgery. And people would be like, cool, yeah, amazing. But like with Star, there was so much more surrounding it. And I think 
because her approval rating was so high, I think they Mm -hmm. said in the first five years, she consistently was, had a higher approval rating, or she was second to Oprah as the most, the second most popular Black woman on television. Really? And like, to go from that and being like the trusted one, the one that everybody loves, to then having this big thing that everybody's talking about, and the way I think the press didn't help. I mean, they really, like, she really got, like, killed for not being honest about it, and I for having a, that, a moment of vanity, like, I know. like nobody else fucking has that. I know. And it's 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 sad when they describe too like the moments where she did get like really when she was her biggest, and like you know, the sound room had to like turn her microphone down because she was like wheezing into the microphone, or they would turn it off when she was walking because they didn't want people to hear. So it's like it's just the 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 pomp and circumstance surrounding just like her body is so like triggering to read yeah it it was and it must be it was had to have been triggering for her to fucking live you know like like imagine that much of like you're you're one of the biggest celebrities in the country but uh, this one thing is your weight whether it's up down whether you've had surgery or not is is the one thing that people are going to use that's that's the that's the rope they're going to use to pull you down right right like how how triggering is that how and imagine how that shapes your mindset going forward and what secrets you would keep what what not you know um that's a conversation that the panel probably could have had is her and her surgery barbara and her fucking surgeries you know like yeah surgery and vanity being okay to make yourself feel better about yourself right like accept yourself but also if there's something you want to fucking change then do it you know if i wanted i would totally go out and get a nose job and i'm not scared to say that to anybody you know it's like if i had the money to just go out and get a fucking fifteen thousand dollar nose job i absolutely would um and i don't think that's any there's anything wrong with that it's like it's it's you wanting to feel better about yourself you know i think there's also something to be said about like really examining why you want to feel better about yourself in that way but Star didn't fucking owe that to anybody. She didn't. She yeah. didn't owe the the cameras in her hospital room as she's recovering or anything. But it was this big, like, <laughs> poorly kept secret. But, like, you know, right. producers were helping her off the stage after the surgery because she was, you know, so injured. And then uh, every, all her co-hosts being mad that she wouldn't talk about it or, or, you know, all the news running with it. And she just wouldn't admit to it, right? And I think that's what damned her more than anything is that she just wouldn't cop to it and admit that she did it right i think that you're right that's what it was it wasn't anything outside of the fact that she there was already so much there was a circus yeah so i mean she was basically walking out on stage every day with like you know with an elephant literally walking out with like a pink elephant on a rope and not talking about it you know but i i think the nail in her coffin the official thing that killed her was the wedding i mean <laughs> i was the, that we talk about overexposure right i mean for a woman who already had this like people already perceived her as being kind of obnoxious just in general and then she goes on to have like a fucking celine dion times 20 wedding <laughs> i mean can we talk about the wedding how long was she married to him for let me see let me go look that one up real quick. <laughs> like two weeks <laughs> and then Don't the fact to laugh that at that been... i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> but like we saw that one fucking go and come on now well then the fact that she's uh about to marry this man that the entire country thinks is a homosexual hmm. there's just star was so polarizing hmm. That was the other big joke, right? It's like all of the sketches would have her coming in as Star Jones and whatever caricature Star Jones was, but this gay husband, right? Mm -hmm. Like that, I remember seeing that a lot. So she was married to him from 2004 to 2008, uh, about four years. Yeah, he was, that was like, and even in the book, they talk about all the people behind her back being like, well, he's gay. Yeah. Uh, Like, what the fuck is going on? Um. I will be honest, I I remember the SpawnCon wedding shit, but I didn't really remember, like, I didn't know any of the logistics behind it and why it was happening and, you know, how this person, like, the other girls were being told that they weren't allowed to accept freebies 
And this technically wasn't a freebie because the network had agreed to it and all this crazy shit that went into it. That ended up making her look really bad. Yeah. You know, but there was she, way more to it. Yeah, she took all of it. <laughs> the, the, the book says she took everything. Her and who was it with her? It was somebody else with her that took everything too. Um, that they like offered up. I don't remember. Um, I yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, she was with somebody, but then she like had to give the statement. Like you know, everybody got freebies sometimes. It's okay. Yeah, that was insane though. I mean, she literally like basically took over the show mm. like every day they would give her a segment to talk about what she yeah. had gotten for free for the wedding so more than 30 corporate sponsors donated wedding attire and merchandise for the event in exchange for mentions in the media and on jones's website because remember she's not only using the view she's also talking about all of her wedding details outside of the view magazines other tv right. interviews everything right like like she is definition of overexposed at this time um right that absolutely hurt her no no doubt yeah it was bad the wedding stuff was really i mean even at that time i was a big star head but i remember during the wedding stuff being like girl yeah this is like kind (laughs) of crazy like a a little much but you know what even whether she knew he was fucking gay or not is he gay is that was that was that ever I don't know if I he ever came out or anything. Yeah, so we won't say that. We won't say yeah. that. But I wonder if she ever had any doubts or anything like that, or if she was uh, pulling that Kim Kardashian, Chris Humphreys thing, and she wanted the wedding, she wanted the star power, she wanted everything mm. that would come from that big wedding. Yeah, for sure. I th- I definitely think Star was like wanting the event and the yeah. stuff and she the dress doesn't. and you know, <laughs> you know. But I mean, the the cool thing, I guess, and she, of course, makes it a point to say in the book a bunch of times that, you know, this wedding was because of all of this, the the, the circus surrounding this wedding, it did become the event of the year. Like, yeah. it was the biggest celebrity event of the entire year. Yeah. Like, every famous person wanted a ticket to Star's wedding. Um, and it was absurd. And she made it a point to say that, you know, all of these different people stole her ideas. What did she say? Like, who was it? Was it Donald Trump that had the same wedding as her? <laughs> I think so. I think that might have been it. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. I can't really tell who exactly that was. But like, she was also, it's something to be said that she was also speaking of celebrities all wanting to go to her wedding. She was very good at public relations as well. And it does mention in the book that she was fantastic. She did the Barbara thing, right? Where she would, or not the Barbara thing, but like Barbara had a very like, arm's length with with celebrities that she would interview and stuff like that she became friends with some people but she kept them at an arm's length at the same time star would invite people in and star was very much about creating these relationships with all of these other celebrities yeah and positioning herself in the celebrity culture especially like with people like michael douglas i think is who they mentioned and yeah that, that that whole wedding um she was really good at everything she did i think star jones was just an expert at this business in this industry and i think the only downside was that she overexposed herself um, because after debbie was fired star was the next very next one that left correct mm-hmm. okay you want to talk about <laughs> let's talk about <laughs> the let's icon talk about star icon star jones icon star jones uh why was she being fired do you remember what they say in the book she was difficult. I mean, the yeah. they at a certain point Barbara was like, okay, like I did agree to this, but this is absurd. Like it it was like a full-on jump the shark moment where yeah. she really had taken the show and turned it into like say yes to the dress. I mean, it was I like think, oh my god, it was, it was, wasn't it? <laughs> right. I mean, it was like no news. It no was every TLC wedding show that you could think of. Say yes to the dress. It was, it was four weddings. It was yeah. everything. <laughs> yeah. And she did them all at the same time. I do think uh Star was incredibly difficult. Everybody said that. Everybody said that. Yeah. Um, you know, even on her first day, that people were scared to look her in the eye. You know, that she was very specific about about. And she got. Have, she became mean. Yeah. Too. Which came with ego. And that's something we're going to see with everybody throughout this entire thing is everybody's ego ended up playing some role in, in how they entered the show or how they left the show, you know? Um, And stars ego definitely got the best of her. And at one point, I think she upstaged Barbara so much because I think this is why she left. I think that she pissed Barbara off enough that Barbara wanted her out of the fucking show. She wanted her off the fucking show and she was going to go. Um, Star catches wind of this, and Star 
in turn pulls the biggest boss bitch move i've ever fucking seen and i have listened to this i've only listened to the book two times through i've listened to this chapter at least 10 times it is amazing (laughs) to me it is so good it is great she goes on a secret media blitz tour uh doing an article talking about why she needed to leave the view why she you know needed to spread her wings and all of any address it she is she is forming the narrative she is making sure that she has control of whatever narrative is going to go out they she gets she catches wind of when they're going to fire her and i think it's either the day of or the day before or like very close to when they're going to fire her and nobody on the panel knows they start filming and she goes fucking rogue and you can watch this it's on youtube everybody if you have not seen this go to star jones quits on youtube and (laughs) she grabs barbara by the (laughs) and you can see barbara's face which is all colors she's like fucking livid she grabs you know whoever's next to her by the hand and she says after much prayer and much counsel very like so smooth talking very clear very calm she's like i think i need to leave the view for other opportunities like completely taking control of that narrative these magazines and these publications that are supposed to release this information have it have a gag order until she says these words that they're not allowed to release their article until she officially announces it she does it and everything is released at the exact same time and there's nothing that anybody at the view can do except come on the next day and barbara comes on and then there were three (laughs) (laughs) literally when she said quote also we have to mention that she hired the real olivia pope (laughs) <laughs> and we talk how did i even not lead with that fucking information like, okay olivia pope the, the fixer the fixer she hired olivia pope to plan a grand exit and it's like and it was amazing because it was in such star fashion like it was so theatrical over the top but it was like very well thought out and like she's a lawyer and she knows all yeah. the things so there's like nothing that anybody could do you and were not gonna pull one over on her no fucking no. way no she would never let that happen and to pull a fast one on barbara you really have to be a tough bitch because barbara is very quick very smart and always knows what's going on you just it's... see her face on that you see the, her face on the moment star jones is announcing her exit because it was agreed upon between star and everybody that they were going to announce it in a specific way at a specific time and star went right. completely outside of that and did something different but this is the thing you'll notice about this show and the history of this show is they have really shady ways of firing everybody and yeah. really like fucked up ways of luring everybody they're going to fire into a sense of security because it seems like everybody knows when they're going to kind of get fired, they feel it. They feel the heat on their back mm-hmm. and the back of their neck. And they say, oh, am I going to get fired? Just tell me. Just tell me, am I going to get fired? And producers would be like, no, you're fine. Executives would be like, no, you're fine. You're you're okay. Don't worry about it. And then they get pulled into an office like Debbie and fucking, you know, yeah. fucking head cut off, you know? Um, and Star wasn't going to let that happen. Yeah. And I, it, it's crazy because I feel like it's very similar to like the Real Housewives, the way that they they'll say like, you're allowed to go out and paint your own narrative. So if you want to go out and tell people that you're leaving because you want to be close to your family or you want to take time to not work or whatever, you can, but like pretty much everybody gets fired. Everybody gets fired and you can, I'm doing air quotes, paint your own narrative, but whoever's on that show will, the Barbara Walters, much as I love her, will make sure the real story gets out into the tabloids and the gossip so that everybody knows the actual story that you were fired, you were difficult, yeah. you were whatever, right? So you can have your own narrative out there, but the people on that show are going to be the ones to give the real narrative, you know? Totally. Yeah. Barbara always has the last word, unless you're Star Jones. <laughs> Star Jones was the only one Barbara could not get, could not get, you know? <laughs> the only one. Uh, let's talk about last, but definitely not least let's talk about fucking joy behar okay okay yeah let's talk about joy behar oh my god so what who cares i don't know so what who cares (laughs) (laughs) what do you think about joy behar joy has been the apple of my eye since Mm. i was a kid she's the light of my life like she honestly just is so like 
Joy is like such a nurturing presence at this point because she's been on the show since the beginning. Yeah. And even just like the sound of her voice to me is like calming. Like I love, I just adore her. I love mm-hmm. Joy. And I always loved that Joy didn't take shit from Barbara. Yeah. That has always been so fun to watch. Like she always calls her lady and she always says like, I'm not afraid of her. I'm not afraid yeah. of Barbara. She always says that. You don't see any stories in this book of like Joy being intimidated by Barbara or being put in her place by Barbara. Barbara yeah. didn't even fucking try with Joy Behar, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> he said, let the funny woman tell her jokes. <laughs> don't interrupt Joy. <laughs> <laughs> she was so like, fucking Elizabeth at one point. It was fucking hilarious. Oh my gosh, I'm gonna fall off my chair. <laughs> I love this show so much. I could do this for so 20 more hours. Good. This is a fucking, I need an Andy Cohen reunion special for each fucking panel. We need to get that. Oh. Um, Joy Behar is really like warm and funny. I, she does fucking get on my nerves. She like grates me sometimes with some of some of the things Tell that me. she says, right? Um, I won't say specifics because I don't want to get into like political discussion, but right. I don't know. I think she is one of those ladies that's like super far left, right? And I am I'm one of those people who believes that like if you're seeing things as far left or far right, you're seeing in black and white and right. the world is not like that. The world is just not like that. Um, and Joy is very much like that. <laughs> she is. She's yeah. Like, yeah, she's intense. Yeah. So it does get me on that front. But like, I fucking love Joy. And I'm so glad she was only gone for like, what, two years? Like they they fired her ass. They fucking shady fired her ass, too. After when was that? When did she get fired? 2016? um the dark period yeah it was it was she was because she wasn't on with jenny mccarthy was she i don't think so i don't believe no she wasn't because Mm -hmm. i've ever ever told you that i got tickets to a taping of the view did you fucking really did you go to of course oh my gosh what what panel was it well the funny thing is it was the worst panel and probably one of the worst shows in the history of the show so it's like did i really go to the view i don't know uh Mm -hmm. it was jenny yeah but it was like Barbara was still there. So I did get to see Barbara. That's all I really cared about. I just wanted to see Barbara and Whoopi yeah. in person. Yeah. And they were both there. Joy wasn't there. And that was really painful. Yeah. Joy is. So Joy was on from 1997 until 2013. And then they let her ass go along with Elizabeth Hasselbeck. They did a double firing. And they like totally mm. like, I, I don't remember which one it was, but somebody was like, you know what? That might have been Jenny and Sherry who was like, I'm not going in that fucking office. Like somebody yeah. said that. But I think Joy and Elizabeth knew it was coming, but were being completely told you they were fine. It was okay. Mm. Don't worry about it. And then fucking chopped, you know? Um and then they realized they needed Joy. You know, Joy was one of those stabilizing presence that that even maybe Barbara wasn't even as stabilizing of a presence as Joy was, right? And so Joy that. gets brought back in 2015, and she's been on it ever since. Yeah, I would say when it comes to Joy, the really interesting thing about her is that if you go back to season one all the way up to now, she she plays, no matter what the chemistry is between the group, Joy has the same role. Yeah. Like she plays the same part no matter what. She's like so sure of who she is on that show. You, she can't be rattled really. Yeah. You know, like her reason for being there is so clear and she yeah. always delivers. And nobody has had a lot of contention with Joy except for, it seems, Megan McCain. Mm-hmm. I think Megan McCain was the only one that Joy absolutely fucking hated. And like Megan McCain yeah. would come on there and be like, oh, me and Joy, we, you know we love each other. And Joy's like, no, we fucking don't. I, no, I really I don't fucking like hate you. <laughs> okay. Even Elizabeth Hasselbeck, Joy like loves Elizabeth Hasselbeck, you know? Yeah. Um, I think Megan McCain was the only one that fucking got on Joy's fucking nerves. But, um, <laughs> Yeah, Joyce is Joyce is a good one. Joyce is a good one. Who's what? what so we kind of shift panels from here, right? Okay, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm, we mm-hmm. are transitioning from Lisa Ling. Lisa Ling was great. She knew she was only on this show for a specific amount of time, and when she got let go, there was no hard feelings about that, right? She kind mm-hmm. of announced that she was going on to move on to other projects. And we kind of move on. I fucking love Lisa Ling, by the way, but she just wasn't. She wasn't the reality star of this show, you know? Right. They needed a conservative voice, and so they bring in Elizabeth Hasselbeck, who is. Uh, what do you th- I want to know what you think about Elizabeth Hasselbeck. <laughs> so I have the most thoughts about Elizabeth. Okay. Because Elizabeth is so interesting. When you look back at, first of all, I do, one of the things that I love in the book that they 
make sure to point out about Elizabeth is that she came onto the show. I want to start with early Elizabeth. <laughs> early Elizabeth. Like early Elizabeth. Elizabeth. So, oh, I fucking love it. I love okay. it. I love it. And her season is one of my favorites. Okay. <laughs> Like the look for less Elizabeth. Okay? <laughs> they announce her in the in the book as shoe designer Elizabeth. Oh my God. <laughs> or Elizabeth, like, Elizabeth like Frenchowski or whatever the book her last name was before she got So Elizabeth came onto this show as this like, first of all, it was at the time insane yeah. that a reality star could get a gig like this. Like she went on a crazy press tour just as the reality star girl who got a gig on The View. And that was like, you know, she, like Letterman had her on and Lynn on. They were like, how did you get, this is crazy. And at the time it was like, we were introduced to her as this girl who was conservative, who was a Republican, but also like a human person. Yeah. Like Elizabeth at the beginning was like very normal. And they make it a point in the book to say that she became Bill Getty, the executive producer's mouthpiece. Yeah, And like, she really became this like character of like a hateful conservative. Yeah. And like, it's just crazy to watch the switch happen, I guess. They weren't casting at this point for specific reality star roles. They're not like now they're always looking for that perfect conservative seat. This was mm-hmm. the first time they were ever considering a conservative seat. And they had Elizabeth Hasselbeck because she was so homely and she was so popular. And she was like she even before getting considered for the view, she was unimpressed to for the fucking survivor. You know, people mm-hmm. loved her. Um and she was conservative and she was like out and proud conservative and she was a tough one. You know, she was, she, but she was still really likable. Right. Um, and like you said, she was Bill Getty. She became Bill Getty's like mouthpiece. It's like, I think this is another case of like egos getting everybody. Everybody gets an ego as soon as they get on the show and they start getting mm. popular because she was pretty popular with conservatives. And I think she still is. I think she, if she came back, this is the conservative type that they do need. Like mm-hmm. sans ego. Um, yeah, because she did a good job at what she was there to do, whether you agreed with her or not. She did a fantastic job as the conservative seat. Oh, for sure. I mean, she did such a good job as the conservative on that show that however many years later, they're still trying to find a way to get Elizabeth's energy back. It's the Elizabeth Hasselbeck seat. It like is. Megan McCain cannot shut up about fucking Elizabeth Hasselbeck and like how yeah. she's felting her seat. It's so hard to fill her seat. And, uh, but like that is her seat. That is the name on the chair. And that is who everybody is going in to sort of try to emulate. Um, she just was the perfect type for that seat. Um, and you know what was so, like? I remember. See, this is like the panel that I remember now. It's like right. when in my earliest consciousness this was, it was uh, Rosie, Joy, Sherry, Elizabeth, and Barbara. That's like really when I started like understanding what they were saying too. Right. Um, and she, I always looked to like. I mean, there's the thing. The pretty privilege is absolutely a thing, you know. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Elizabeth was gorgeous, and so as a young gay kid, I was looking at Elizabeth, seeing this very gorgeous woman. And right. just wanting her to like, I would want to be the person that she likes, right? And then she's saying these things that, you know, kind of hit at my own identity. And mm-hmm. as I'm growing up and, you know, figuring out my own identity, um, I'm remembering the things I always, with every milestone I hit with my own like sexuality or any type of my part of my identity, I always, for some reason, reverted back to like something that elizabeth would say like when the gay marriage topic came up she said well that's not part of the bible but you know uh, i'm also thinking love is love and so she was very out and spoken outspoken about like that she was a christian first and foremost you know she was right. not you know she she was very conservative first and foremost she wasn't a big supporter of barack obama you know and um i think they knew that she was going to fill a role like that that she was going to be the pretty blonde girl that everybody kind of like swooned over um because she was so charming and she was like well-spoken and she would be on that seat and whatever she said was going to cultivate this audience and make people think a certain way and i think bill getty absolutely knew that yeah i think that you are 1000 percent right because they even say in the book that her approval rating amongst all viewers not even just the people that she was catering to but her approval rating was like through the roof for the first few years of the show and they said like 
you know, like you said, not only was it because she was like charming and all those things, but she was also like really fucking beautiful. And they said in the book that people used to like watching the show because she was still sort of related to being on that like fashion on the look for less. And they liked seeing what she would wear. Like I remember Elizabeth's wardrobe being a major focal point. And even like the girls sometimes would talk about like, what Elizabeth was wearing. And it's just so crazy that those first few years of Elizabeth, she became so horrific. And it's crazy that that's even the same person, like that doe-eyed sort of very innocent looking girl at the beginning who becomes like Corella DeVille at the Mm -hmm. end. Like by the time she left, she was a a monster. Yeah, because she had become the celebrity conservative mouthpiece and so now when i think about you know think back to like the things she was saying and stuff i'm like oh you poor little gaby thinking she was so pretty because like she was against everything that you are you know that your whole whole person she even like i remember very specifically and this clip is probably on youtube but she was very outspoken that she was not for gay marriage in the 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 term sense right like she wanted right. gay marriage not to be called gay marriage because marriage is in the bible you know man and a woman and she very much believed that she's like you have a you have a civil union you can have a civil union but you can't and i think back on that and i'm like ah you know the the being in that seat she did have a lot of power and i wonder how many other people were listening to that and also their perspectives were being changed by this pretty girl well-spoken saying things like this you know one thousand percent yeah and she oh god i could go on about elizabeth for fucking days <laughs> like because it's just like i think about the first time i ever saw her i remember being really young and seeing her on david letterman and he had her on the show as the survivor girl and she was doing a press tour because she was like the talk of the town and everybody wanted to get the interview with Elizabeth Hasselbeck, the cute girl from the reality show. Cause it was season two, right? Yeah. Uh, or three season two, Debbie left or after season two, Debbie no, left, then Lisa Lane came. Oh, Oh, survivor. Oh goodness. I don't know what season that was. Okay. It was or like maybe two or three, like early, 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 early survivor. Yeah. Um, second season. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, everything that she was doing was so like unheard of you know and I just it's like crazy to think that like you said that there was ever a time when I like really liked her a lot like yeah. that's so weird that I would as a kid sit down and watch her and be like she's great yeah she's like telling me to my face that she fucking hates me. <laughs> she's like she's like you should never get married and you need to be locked away she's like yeah well that's fantastic <laughs> I'm like but she's so pretty look at oh her outfit today her outfit is amazing today look at them curls in her hair right she's more like, blonde this season <laughs> and that really is how it is like you you have to you have to also take in mind that they did not cast her just because she's like well-spoken and able to really eloquently like state her political beliefs they knew she was fucking gorgeous and they knew that was a that was a winner right um and so yeah i mean we we kind of so we got elizabeth hasselbeck um i don't think i like her now but i think that is still the type of conservative seat if they're looking for a conservative seat her name is still on the chair and that's what they need they either need her back without the ego or they need somebody like her but they've been trying to find somebody like her right um so she, after she, we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves, but after she left the view, she went to like Fox and Friends, right? Fox News and Friends, whatever the fuck. Um, right. And that didn't really work out for her. She didn't really have a great time over there either. And she released a book and she has been back to the view and interviewed and she is held in like such a high regard when she does come back. And like everybody mm-hmm. likes her still that I wonder if she would work back on this panel because she's kind of been humbled a little bit or if she would come back thinking that she's still hot shit. I think she would come back thinking like I'm some version of Barbara. Oh, do you think? Here. Okay. Yeah, I do. Mm. Um, but you're right though. I mean, it is, it's, it's her seat mm. and everybody knows that. And it's so funny that they even sit the person in that seat. Like the conservative always sits in Elizabeth's seat. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I do. I also think it's important to say like, now that we're in this sort of era of the view, I think Elizabeth, and I, I think that they say this in the book, her being on the show and then finally having the polarizing opinions at the table did usher in the political era Absolutely. of The View. And they make it a point in the book to say that The View was the first show in history 
to view politicians as celebrities. Yes. And that they basically changed our political landscape and they changed everything that we think about politicians. The View was the very first daytime talk show to ever have a sitting president come on their show, Barack Obama. It was a big deal. And like, you're absolutely right with that. You guys, that is the end of part one of my conversation with Zach about The View. I hope that you enjoyed it. Next week, we will get into the Rosie of it all, Rosie versus Elizabeth. We'll talk about Whoopi. Um, yeah, it, it, it continues and it gets even more intense because Zach and I in the second hour just fully spiral. And uh, yeah, so tune in next week. I hope that you enjoyed the first part. I love you very much. Bye. Thank you for listening to Dunzo. This podcast is a part of the Solid Listen Network. Please take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe if you haven't already. Also be sure to check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash solidlisten for exclusive content. You can follow me on Twitter at Troy McGee, and you can follow the podcast on all forms of social media at DunzoPod. That's D-U-N-Z-O. Thank you to executive producer Molly McAleer and coordinating producer Nicole Matthew. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.